Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves, dropping this episode on Friday evening, August the 28th, the last Friday of August. Uh, pretty soon the calendar will say September, and pretty soon more and more matches, not preseason, but real matches, starting with the national team and, of course, eventually Euro European qualifiers and then the Liga. And that's the great thing about the month of September, because it is the start, the beginning, the freshness of a new competing uh, year. And um, uh, let's start off first talking about the upcoming schedule. Uh, Monday, a very, very important 15 minutes for Benfica. It's the Champions League third round preliminary draw. There are three possibilities for Benfica. Uh, Rapid Vienna of Austria, Pac of Greece, which is managed by the Portuguese Abel, who used to manage uh, Braga, and Alkmaar, a Dutch club. And Dutch clubs, by the way, are never easy to play in Europe. But those are the three draw possibilities on uh, Monday. And then, of course, you also have uh, the draw. I'm assuming it's a draw will be made to decide who is the home or away team Only one match, the winner advances to the playoff to play uh, Krasnodar. This one match will take place on September the 15th or the 16th. And it's such an important 15 minutes for Benfica because, first off, if you're a team like Benfica, you want to play in the Champions League. So you got to win two matches. And if you win the, the this match and the playoff, 40 million euros is waiting for you if you qualify for the Champions League group stage. And, you know, in some ways, because of how much money we're talking about, it's probably unfair that you're only playing one match. But unfortunately, these are the times of the pandemic, um, especially when you have teams going to other countries. There's all this concern. And as a result, we only have uh, one match, just like what happened with the Champions League that were played recently in Lisbon. And of course, the Europa matches played in Germany. There was no two legs home and home. It was just basically uh, one match and it creates a lot of uh, nervous tension. Um, if you're a player that is not prepared to play and you make mistakes, you know, you have a bad 10 minutes in the match. You have a bad 20 minutes. You give up a late goal. That's it. You're done. And you drop to the Europa League. And um, it is such a very important Uh, thing for Benfica. And I think on paper, a lot of people would want to see them play Rapid Vienna. That probably is on paper the easiest of these uh, three teams. But you know what? If you play Rapid Vienna and you the draw says you got to go to Vienna, that's not going to be an easy match. I don't think any team at this point in the season, you know, when you start talking about their preliminary round, I don't think you could say that anybody is incredibly easy. A lot of teams tend to be on the same type of level with the same budgets and the same type of uh, players. Um, but it's it's very dangerous. It's just a very, very dangerous draw. I remember last year, Porto played Krasnodar. And I remember I was in Portugal, a lot of Porto fans, a lot of cousins I have up in Minho, man, they 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 thought they, they was all set, that they were going to, you know, come back home and, You know, take care of business after Sergio Oliveira scored that big goal in, uh, you know, in Russia. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. So you got to be very careful. You can't take anything for granted. And that's what makes sports sometimes 
great that it is is sometimes the results are surprising. It's not like watching a movie and you know the uh, good guy is going to beat the bad guy in the end and the villain is always going to die. In sports, the story doesn't always go according to the what people want the most. So uh, a big Monday coming up for Benfica. Tuesday, the Federation will unveil their kit. Um, you'll be curious to see how they're going to look. There's been some kits and uh, sort of leaked in the media. Footy football news, I think, is believed, is usually the ones that leak it. Um, it looked okay to me. You know, for me, I'm still going to have my, uh, I still like to wear my uh, kit back in the golden generation age. Uh, that's the ones I prefer to wear whenever I watch the national team, but that's just me. But uh, nevertheless, on Tuesday, they will unveil uh, the uh, the new ones for the upcoming season, of course. Uh, next Saturday, September the 5th, and next Tuesday, um, the 8th, of course, uh, Portugal, the defending Liga Nations champion Portugal, um, they're going to be playing, uh, first of all, Saturday, they'll be playing Croatia up in Porto, and then on the 8th, they'll be traveling to Sweden to play Sweden. Portugal, of course, in the uh, the pool A of teams, which means that all the groups are very difficult. That was really the purpose of the Liga Nations, was to, to get rid of these meaningless, friendly matches that sometimes aren't very, you know, that people don't get excited about. Now, your group is all very good teams, just like Group uh, B, um, the teams in the pool of Group B are usually teams that are average. The teams in C are usually the bottom of the teams, and everyone gets to play somebody that's closer to their level, and that makes for better interesting competition and not only more interest for the local fans. So the next week, uh, Tuesday, Federation unveils their kids, and the next Saturday, we have national team, a real match. And by the way, it's the first national team match. Since November the 17th, they haven't played since then. Fernando Santos has not roamed the sidelines since then. Of course, if you uh, remember, they beat on August the 17th in Luxembourg, a uh, country, by the way, with a lot of Portuguese immigrants. Uh, and there was a few players of Portuguese ancestry on Luxembourg's team, but Portugal beat them 2 to nothing to punch their ticket to the European uh, Championship at that time. Um, tonight, Friday was like Christmas for a lot of people. It's when the schedule draw was made. Uh, first off to start, um, a few days ago, um, the decision was made that Vittoria Satubo lost their appeal and they will be in fact demoted to the third division. This is very tough for Satubo because they're apparently having some financial problems and now dropping to the third division where they're going to make even much less money. That is very tough, and it was a big disappointment to the club, the club president, as well as to the city of Setúbal. Setúbal, for many years, has had a team in the first division. You know, every once in a while, maybe they drop down to the second division, but they quickly come back up. Now they're faced with the challenge where it could take up to two years or more for them to return to the first division. Um, but uh, unfortunately, what is someone's nightmare is good news for somebody else in Portimonense which was relegated, they get to come back up and be the 18th team in the draw. And, uh, of course, they were in the uh, draw tonight. Um, by the way, the, the only good thing about the whole Vitoria Sotubal situation, and obviously there's a lot of bad things about it, was the wheels of justice went very fast this time for a decision on Vitoria Sotubal's appeal. Sometimes teams appeal, and then seven, eight months later, you watch the news and you're like, oh, is that what the ruling is? And you almost forget about it. But this time around, the wheels of justice went a little bit faster 
And before they did the draw, they were able to figure that Setubal wouldn't be in it and that Portimonense uh, would be in it. Uh, by the way, we are going to have some Algarve derbies this year with uh, Portimonense and Feyrens. We haven't had one, I think, in four to five years, Algarve derbies, when Oyenense used to be in the first division and Portimonense uh, uh, back when they were a few years ago in the first uh, division before they dropped and then they came back up. Uh, we used to have some uh, Portimonense, Oyenense. I think it was one or two years uh, derbies. Um, but uh, that's back, so you'll have some Algarve Dervies uh, this year. As far as the schedule, uh, week four, Sporting will play host to Porto. Week 14, Porto will play host to Benfica. Week 16, Sporting will host Benfica in the Derby. So those are the very big matches for a full schedule. Check out uh, PortugueseSoccer.com. Uh, week one, some really good matches week one. Um, first off, Porto is hosting Braga. That is a very good, very good uh, week one match. By the way, they finished the season this past season, week 34, playing each other. And now they start this season playing each other again. Um, Benfica, if you look at the last 15 years of Benfica, their overall record, their first matches, uh, they've had some disappointments in the first match of the season. And they've got a tough one. They've got to go up north uh, to last year's surprise team. We'll see if they're going to be a surprise again this year. Uh, Familia Kong. And uh, Benfica will have to make the, that trip. So a very tough week one match for Benfica. And Sporting, they get to host at home in Alvalade. They'll take on Gilles Vicente. The first week one round one matches are expected to take place during September the 18th to the 20th. We still don't know the days of the week yet. Um, I'm wondering if some matches are going to be played during the week, like it was when the Liga resumed. Um you know, we're we going to have a lot of matches on weekends like we traditionally do, or we're we going to have more matches during the week. Um, with the fact that you have national teams back, with the fact that you have European competitions back, you know, we'll obviously see a lot more teams playing on the weekends, especially among the big three. So that traditional feeling normal of playing on weekends is, is going to be back. Um, before the pandemic hit, by the way, a lot of the clubs um, wanted um, – not to play anymore on Mondays. I remember that being a big story before the pandemic hit and our worlds went in you know, another direction. Um, be very curious to see how many matches we have on Monday. Um, we'll obviously have some matches because the Europa matches are on a Thursday, but I remember some clubs talking that they would rather play on Sunday instead of Monday. So very curious to see when they do have released the schedule and obviously TV plays a big part in that, what days of the week a lot of these matches are going to be. And also a reminder that for the 2020-21 season, uh, the Liga a few weeks ago voted they will continue with the five substitute rule. Again, when you talk about European competitions, the national team, the League Cup is being played in uh, December and January. The Tasa de Portugal is going to be played. And, of course, we're only starting to play things the third week of September. So things, you know, being condensed this year into a tighter schedule, it makes sense to have the five substitution rule for the Liga matches. And uh, there's also, don't forget, next year the playoff. Third place team that finishes in the second division will play the 16th place team in the first division. And the winner of that playoff uh, will be in the first division. So if you are the 16th place team, you're playing for your life to stay in the first division. If you are the third place team in the second division, you're playing for hope uh, of a chance to go to the first division. Uh, I like it. I like the fact that the top three in the second division have something uh, to play for to go for the first division. Obviously, you want to finish in the top two and not have to do the playoff, but if you finish in third, you have hope. And obviously, 
trying to avoid finishing 16th, 17th, 18th place next year is going to be a motivation for a lot of teams. And I think that just adds more interest uh, to the Liga. Um, back to talking about the national team, Fernando Santu, just a quick word on his squad selections. No sporting players were picked. Um, that hasn't happened in a while. Uh, no Braga players were picked. I know a lot of Braga fans that were upset. A lot of them felt that Paulinho sort of deserved an opportunity. Paulinho has been linked possibility of maybe going to Wolves or a big club in England. If he gets sold and he gets to play in the EPL, I think, and he scores in England or wherever that may be, maybe he'll get a shot to be called up. But right now, Portugal, too much talent. You know, again, the defending League of Nations champions, the defending European champions. So many people watch Portugal matches on television all over the world because of Cristiano and Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva and Rui Patricio. It's very hard right now to be one of the 22, 23 players to be on the squad. It's very, very tough. Um, also, a lot of Benfica fans were disappointed that PZ was not called up. Um, I was surprised that, Benf that, that Ruben Dias was called up. I would have figured that uh, Benfica would have advocated for him to stay um, only because, um, you know, they've got the big, of course, as I've discussed, Champions League third round preliminary match. And, you know, they've got, uh, you know, all these new players in camp for Tongan, Cebolina, uh, Walshmit. And it's important for these players to create some synergy, you know, get used to playing with each other before they get ready to play. But um, Ruben Diaz, hey, he is a young guy. He's in his peak form. He's got about a week to recover after the Sweden match. So perhaps it won't be a big deal. I was surprised to see Cristiano. Only because, you know, he didn't play in the group games of the last uh, League of Nations qualifiers. He decided to take some time off from the National League, if you uh, remember, um, after Portugal won the European Championship. Um, but he's back and obviously tremendous news and, and, of course, happy about that. But I was surprised because I, I thought he might have taken some time off to get ready for, you know, Juventus in the Serie A season. But it's good to have him back. Every time he plays, he seems like he sets a record. And that will probably be the case when he starts to play more matches for Portugal. Uh, let's talk about the big three in preseason. Sporting, of course, tonight, Friday, beat Burtimunense in a televised uh, preseason match 2-1. to one. Uh, Sporting, of course, in the Algarve. Uh, they got a nice visit, by the way, this week from Bruno Fernandes, who paid a visit to the camp in Lagos. Um, but the big news this week was two things for Sporting. Number one, Ruben Amorim. Um, apparently, Braga has still not been paid yet. Uh, with interest, it's up to $12 million that Sporting Obraga for Amarin. And on top of that, they've given them until the end of next week to pay. If not, then the price could rise to as much as $16 million. Braga's even threatened to go to FIFA. You know, we know Sporting's not in a great financial situation. Um, you know, and obviously $12 million is a lot of money for any Portuguese club. But I remember during the pandemic, um, you can look this up. This is an opinion. This happened. Uh, Braga complained during the pandemic that, uh, you know, they hadn't been paid. And, you know, I remember uh, it wasn't Verandas, but one of the administrators of, of Sporting said, look, it's the pandemic. It's hard to move money around, um, especially when, you know, you had some people furloughed, laid off temporarily. And um, it was very hard to move money. But, you know, obviously things are somewhat back to normal. Some people are back at work. But. Based on reports, uh, Sporting hasn't paid yet, and uh, we'll see what happens. But because of that, uh, Ruben Amarin wanted, uh, would love to see uh, Paulinho, uh, Orta, or Fran Sergio 
uh, play for sporting, but Braga's has no interest in talking to sporting until they get paid first for Ruben Amorim. Um, another interesting thing about sporting is they have about 15 players in Alcachet training that are now with the team in Algarve. These are players that, uh, basically are not considered they won't be on the squad this upcoming season some of them are going to be sold some of them are going to be loaned but they are not part of the team plans for the upcoming season and when you look at some of the players Acuña of course has been rumored getting he's going to be sold to Sevilla uh Lori Tiago Lori Gaspar uh, Mateos um Camacho um you know you could probably take these 15 players put a squad in the Liga Nosh and they would be a lot more competitive and probably battle for sixth or seventh place when you look at this list of players. Um, I know many people don't have a high opinion of them right now because they're not going to be playing on the team. And if you're being loaned, that means means you're not very good. But it's amazing how there is some of this talent that is sitting around. Um, Portuguese clubs are notorious for bringing in a lot of players and then sending a lot of them on loan. Sometimes it's to make the younger players better. Other times it's to, of course, make these uh, players somehow get better at their next team in the hope that that kind of maintains or increases their value. But um, I was looking at the list and thinking, you know, that team would compete for sixth or seventh place in the Liga, in in my opinion. Um, Porto, very interesting situation with Porto where they brought in two players uh, from Boavista and the goalkeeper from Tundela. But what's interesting about Porto is they've got six players, six starters that are in their final year of their contract. And if they don't sign renewals with them or they don't sell them, these players could walk for free after next year. That's already happened with Herrera. That's already happened with Brahimi. And when you're a club like Porto or even a Benfica or Sporting, you can't have players leave without getting any value for them, you know, or put them in a position to sign a renewal so you could possibly sell them later. Now, the good news about it, and, and by the way, we're talking about players like Delish, Marega, uh, Suarez, Abubakar. Um, these are players that, you know, if they stay, the good news for Porto fans is, you know, if you're a Porto fan, you're happy. You know, you're going to have these players playing in the Champions League. You're going to have these players defending the title. Um, that's the good part of it if these players don't go anywhere. But it presents a challenge for the future if you don't wind up getting renewals with these guys or if you don't wind up selling them. Now, Merega, if the reports are to be believed, has basically said that um, you know he may let his contract run out. This, by the way, wasn't reported by the Ajogo. It was one of the other players. Of course, as you know in your Portuguese, Porto Ajogo, Sporting Record, Benfica Bola. If, if, if any of those teams have news coming from those papers, then people give it more credibility. Um, but apparently, Marega has said that he'll let this contract runs out because his dream, and he's talked about this now for a few years. You know, if you remember a few years ago, he didn't train before the Super Cup, and there was rumors that, you know, there was an offer from the EPL that he wanted uh, Porto to accept. But he wants to play in the EPL. That is his dream. You know, that is his dream. And apparently he's a player that if they don't sell now, they run the risk of letting him walk for free, which is just going to be a very, very bad thing financially for the team. Um, the big news, of course, also with Porto is the Iranian striker Tareme from Riwav. He's still in Iran. Every day you read the newspapers, it'll all say, well, he's on his way to Portugal. He's on his way to Portugal. It'll stop. You know, he's, he's headed to Portugal to sign the contract. Well, as of now, as a Friday night, He's still apparently in Iran. And uh, the story is, is that um, he gave Porto his word that he would sign for them. It's no secret 
from a few weeks ago in the news that he wants to play in the Champions League. Obviously, Porto's in the Champions League group, so you fulfill your dream there. It's a chance for him. Iranians love football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world. So it's a chance for him to become even more famous in his country and obviously play for the defending uh, Liga champion. But it hasn't happened yet. It has not happened yet. And there are stories. Um, you know, I know Correio Zemina TV doesn't have some credibility with people, but Diamantino Miranda, um, uh, some of the old timers might remember him, a national team player, managed some clubs in Portugal and uh, also went on to coach abroad. He said on the show, and he's not necessarily a regular on the show like Paulo Futre, uh, but he said that he had heard a source. And again, if you believe it, that apparently there are other uh, clubs in Europe that are very interested in Tareme and that he's just looking out um, you know, for his best options. Um, so we'll see if that, in fact, is the case. Uh, because if the longer this drags, the more there's credibility to that. Maybe he is talking to other clubs. Um, the offer apparently is $6 million and Porto's trying to sweeten the pot by throwing in Pereira. But as of right now, uh, there is no deal again as of uh, Friday night. Uh, Porto was also linked with Coresima. People love Coresima in Porto. He is beloved by the, the team, by the fans. He could walk into any restaurant in Portugal. People are going to give him a free meal. He's going to walk into any cafe and everyone's going to buy him a bowl of the Berlin. He is like a king. He is a legend. Um, but he is not part of Sergio Conceição's plans. This isn't about him not being good enough. It's just uh, the list that Conceição has put together. His needs, his expectations, and Coresima doesn't fit now. Coresima on Friday night did say that, uh, you know, if there was an opportunity in Brazil, he would be willing to listen if there was a good offer for him and his family. So what's happening here is, you know, here he is in his 30s. You know, he's looking for another big opportunity. He's looking for another big paycheck. And the opportunities might dry up soon if he doesn't find the club. There was a rumor of Boa Vista. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if they have the type of money to afford him. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. And, uh, you know, Portimonense could be a possibility, I had heard. But, um, you know, he obviously would like to still play at a higher level or at least a higher level that can, you know, play to try to play in uh, Europe. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Zadu from Santa Clara apparently is also another player that Porto is close to signing for about $4 million. Santa Clara is on the mainland training up north. There's already apparently been uh, talks. Um, you know, and that he supposedly will take a medical this week and he'll sign with the club on Monday. But again, as of Friday night, you know, nothing has happened. And uh, Porto hasn't lost anybody yet, but uh, they have brought in two players on a free uh, from Boa Vista and uh, Tundela, the goalkeeper. Uh, Benfica, uh, the cop of the other night in the record, uh, you know, sent shockwaves, especially in uh, Brazil, where a lot of Flamingo fans are still hurt. But that JJ, you know, He's uh, losing patience. Apparently, you know, Luis Flibieta promised him, you know, what, uh, you know, that he would give him a lot of support and bring him more players. And even though they've already signed some good players, uh, Vertonghen, you know, Waldschmidt, uh, Cebolina, you know, there's already been some good players that have uh, come. Um, he obviously wants a few more pieces to the team. Obviously, Cavani didn't fell through. Uh, report had Luis Felipe Vieira was very upset at Cavani because they thought there were good discussions. And then when he left Europe, he got to go to uh, Europe. They thought the discussions would continue. And instead, he goes to Ibiza. And apparently, uh, Luis Felipe Vieira felt like maybe he wasn't taking it seriously. 
Uh, Cavani's like Cresima. He's looking for his next best offer. You know, Cavani has played at a very, very high level, especially with PSG. He's made a lot of money with PSG. Um, he's probably looking out for his next big opportunity. He's been linked with some big clubs in Europe, but he still hasn't found the new club yet. So it'd be interesting to see if he's going to regret um, the decision to not accept Benfica's offers. And right now, Cavani is apparently still in Ibiza. He's putting up uh, Instagram stories of him diving into a pool and dancing. Um, and nothing's been happening with him yet. Uh, and Benfica's also looking at another Uruguayan player, a young striker, Darwin from Almeria. Latest report, if you believe the news Friday night, is that Benfica offered 23 million. Almeria wants 30. Uh, Benfica wants to throw some players in to lower the deal. Almeria is not interested in that. And uh, so that could be another player that possibly is holding out for a better offer. Um, or maybe Almeria just, you know, wants to try to get as much money as they can out of uh, Benfica. But JJ apparently is not happy. You know, he did not leave the opportunity he had in Brazil with a team like Flamingo and all the success he had in his legendary status where, you know, they would give him anything he wants to come to Portugal and, and to, to hear excuses or to not necessarily get what he was hoping to get. And as a result, um, this is a situation that, you know, drew some attention um, with uh, one of the uh, newspapers. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Benfica, by the way, this Sunday is playing Bournemouth from the EPL in Stadio Deluge. Um, it's going to be a preseason match. I'm assuming it'll be televised by BTB. Um, so they won't be wearing their pennies and uh, playing, you know, in that scrimmage environment in Seychelles. This time it'll be in as, well, without the fans, but as close to a game setting as possible. And that'll be on this upcoming Sunday night. And, and other news, uh, Zivkovic, of course, rescinded his contract with uh, Benfica, and he is no longer with the club. Um, he cost them about $16 million in his, like, four years with the team, and he only scored four goals. That is a tough deal that did not work out well. Uh, there was a rumor linked at one point that he was going to getting some Porto interest, but apparently he signed an anti-rival clause. So Benfica right now, a few weeks away from the Champions League. JJ still wants a big player. We'll see what happens. Uh, Diego Costa was mentioned last week. A bunch of other names were mentioned. But as of today, this Friday, there is no news. And, of course, if there is, you'll find it on PortugueseSoccer.com and on uh, Twitter. Um, other news to mention, um, going back to the draw tonight, uh, the Liga announced that the then the, the final four in the championship match of the Tasa de Liga, the League Cup, will be played in Leiria. This is, of course, one of those stadiums that doesn't really get used a lot. It's one of those white elephant stadiums that was built for Euro 2004. And unfortunately, other than the occasional national team match, and I know some, I think track and field, they do some things there and, and maybe some of the smaller teams in the region. I'm not sure if Union de Leiria plays there. I believe they do. But obviously, a stadium that big for a small club is not a good fit. But uh, anyway, uh, it was announced that uh, Leiria beat Madeira and they will host the next three uh, Tasa de Liga, Final Fours, and Final Matches, which take place at the end of January. Um, the last three finals, the last three years, were hosted by Braga, which, you know, did a pretty good job. They got lots of some good attendances. And, you know, when you get the uh, big three playing in them, that's usually going to be the case. You're going to get some big crowds. Um, Portugal doing okay. Uh, funny story. Uh, you know, England lifted their restrictions 
And um, there was a photo in the news of a lot of planes coming in from England to the Algarve. And apparently there weren't enough Portuguese people at the airport to work. And there were these long lines of people uh, getting off of planes. And obviously that's not a good idea. But uh, that was a very interesting story in the uh, Portugal news, um, you know, this week. But Portugal... You know, they did. They've had some increasing cases. Um, they've got school coming up pretty soon, so they're going to raise their level of awareness in the country. But so far, you know, there's been a lot of stories in Europe about a lot of uh, countries are seeing their cases rise. It's not a very worrisome situation in Portugal, but it is something that the authorities are paying attention to. Folks, this has been another podcast by PortugueseSoccer.com, and I'm your guest host, John Neves. Again, as always, stay safe. Wear a mask. Let's look forward to the events to come next week. Looking forward to the national team next week. And I'll have a preview of that um, before the uh, match is played next uh, Saturday when they play Croatia up in Porto. Ciao, everybody.